Hey, what's up, guys? So, we are... Wow, are we week eight already? Goodness, that's crazy. It's been two months, two whole months, and now we're, like, officially... <clears throat> officially, like, a podcast now. You know what I mean? We haven't burned down in the first couple of weeks, like I think most people do, and now we're official. That's awesome. So... I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about today, and I don't really have anything on mind. So I was thumbing through some old journals, and I found these uh, entries that I made back in, I want to say like 2017, 2018. And this is when I was in college and trying to be a pilot, which I've always wanted to do since I was a little kid. You remember those, uh, you remember those anime kids? You know, the ones that used to watch the, uh, like super high, fancy, crazy, wacky, chaotic karate stuff. And then they would act it out in the playground, right, when they were coming to school. And everybody else would be walking around like, hey, let's play tag. Or, ooh, let's see who can do all the monkey bars. And you got the one kid over there that, you know, doesn't have clothes that fit him. And he's doing the whole like, yeah, and yelling just crazy things out in the middle of the field. Yeah, I wasn't that kid, so don't get the wrong impression here, but I was the other kid that was running around the perimeter of the uh, lawn, playground, whatever you want to call it, uh, making airplane noises, you know, just, which is a miracle that I ended up having friends in high school and stuff like that, but I don't know, as a kid, I liked it, and then, you know, as I became an adult, I decided I was going to try to be a pilot, so... Anyways, that's what I went to college for. Try to fulfill some, like, youthful dream the right way instead of freaking people out by acting in the middle of nowhere. And it's expensive, obviously. So I needed something to make money. And I started working at, like, night shift, doing stocking shelves and things like that. I also tried night shift at a, uh, like, a warehouse. And, I mean, that was pretty cool. I got to help package and sort out circuits like little computer chips like actual physical computer chips that we would um you know sell to people that made microchips and stuff like that it was actually pretty dope until you know a workload and a school load became too much and i ended up like passing out at work one day or something like that so i talked to some of my friends and i was like guys i'm desperate i don't know what's going on but I am full on losing it and I still want to fly. Like I'm not giving up on this. So somehow I have to find a job that can make me money. So one of my friends came back and they said, Hey, how do you feel about uh, tutoring kids in high school, being a tutor for them? And immediately, no. Immediately, no. Are you kidding me? First of all, I barely pass high school, all right? So if anybody has the like qualifications to teach other kids how to pass high school, it's not me, all right? I was one of the kids that spent more time driving and trying to go to parties than I did actually learning the material. So I told him that. My friend was like, dude, what do you think I did in high school? Do you think I'm qualified? Like, no, they just need people. I was like, huh, all right, yeah, let's try it out. So I signed up. I got accepted got hired on and yeah i worked for this program called gear up 
and essentially this program was built to help prepare kids for college. So tutoring, uh, going on college tours, that kind of deal, basically just doing whatever it was to try to teach them and give them the tools necessary to apply for colleges, pursue a higher education, that kind of thing. It was super, super cool. We met some really cool kids. They were awesome. Just had a lot of fun with these kids. They were absolutely amazing. And uh, this one kid, it's one of my favorites. Uh, his name was Tony. Tony was like so the man. So he was uh, a very passionate kid, right? So anytime something crazy went down, like somebody was picking on his friends or something crazy happened in like current events or whatever, this guy would come in and he'd be like, all right, guys, you know what? I'm sick and tired of it going down like this. We need to all like band together. We need to go out and fight the power. Like, I'm sick and tired of people getting bullied. Like, no, it's not happening on my watch. I'm putting an end to it right now. I love it. This kid, like I said, was my absolute favorite. We had a lot of like deep conversations and just talking about life and stuff like that. Well, one day he wanted to run for like the student council, right? And so that comes with campaigning and putting your name out there and trying to convince people that you're popular, uh, which is, you know, what we try to do with these posters. So we're going through and we have these Sharpies and we're writing out letters and stuff like that. And we're putting like dot, 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 Tony. And then we did enough slogan underneath. So we sat back, we brainstormed. We're like, okay, what's, what's like your thing, right? Like make high school great again or, you know, the textbook stops here or something along those lines like what's what's your shtick and he was like what i know what it is We're like okay what what is it and he's like you don't know what it is my slogan is pursuit your happiness and we just kind of sat there for a second we we're like hold up what so he writes it out right so he, just, he writes it down on the thing and uh <laughs> We thought he was going to write, you know, pursue your happiness, which is part of, like, the Declaration of Independence. It's all that, like, you know, go for happiness and whatnot. It's a cool slogan. I like it. And sure enough, this dude writes on his paper, pursuit your happiness. It was probably the greatest thing I think I've ever seen. And so we put these on the posters, and I don't know if we hung them up or not. I honestly can't remember, like, how it all went down. But for the next year, almost year and a half, that was that was all we talked about. That was all we talked about was... Uh, pursuit your happiness that's what all of our coworkers said to each other before we like left for work you know hey we're going home all right don't forget to pursue your happiness we're like ah, <laughs> i got you i see where you got that anyways that story came up when i was reading the journal and i don't know i think it's really cool i mean i don't know what you guys do to like pursuit your happiness but I think it's kind of a lost art nowadays you know not a lot of people know what it is that makes them happy and therefore kind of lost when it comes to searching for it edifying it a lot of people go down to like talents and hobbies and things like that but there's not a lot of time for that anymore you know at least at least the people that i work with i mean you got you got people that are either trying really hard to earn money so that they can, you know, just live comfortably, like have a place to stay, purchase food, you know, normal necessities, stuff like that. And then you have other people who are putting that in towards like families, you know, instead of pursuing what it is passionate about or like trying to build up hobbies or things like that, you know, they spend money on their kids and helping their kids and building them up and stuff like that, which don't get me wrong, like that's a good thing. 
But at the same time, I feel like you need something that you can share with the world, which includes your kids, right? I mean, be, part of being a good father is being a good whatever it is that your profession or your hobby or whatever it is. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen We Were Soldiers, but it's the story about the, uh, oh my gosh, I'm going to forget the number, but it's the cavalry unit that went out to Vietnam and fought in the Vietnam War. And this movie is really cool because it talks or it depicts this cavalry unit going out under the command of Colonel Hal Moore and just showing the amazing leadership abilities that he had and showing how he was not only able to lead his men under just insane obstacles and pressure, but also get them back home as safely as possibly in that sort of, you know, like war-torn situation. And uh, and one of the scenes of the movie is right before they're about to mobilize. They're They're about to leave Georgia and fly out to, you know, Vietnam and go do their whole war, serve the country kind of thing. Um, one of the young lieutenants or captains is praying in the church and Colonel Moore comes in, sees him kind of praying there. So he comes up and starts talking to him, right? Finds out that he's a new dad, all that jazz. And this young lieutenant basically asks him like, Colonel, like, what are your thoughts on being a soldier and a father? And I love Colonel Moore's response. It's so eloquent and so eloquent, whatever. And so just like, mm, well put. He says that he hopes that being good at one makes him better at the other. Like, how awesome is that? Because that doesn't apply to just being a soldier. That applies to being anything, right? That applies to being a manager. That applies to being an electrician. That applies to being a customer service representative. Like being good at whatever it is you do or push your like whole heart and soul into should help you become a better husband, a better father, a better just member of the community, you know? I think it's just fundamental character traits to sort of develop through edifying and building yourself up. Of course, that's just an opinion. Like, I'm not a doctor, so don't take that for gospel, but I thought I would throw it in there. Felt right. Felt good. But here's the thing about passions and the whole element of, you know, pursuit your happiness. The thing is, is that regardless of everybody going out there and saying that, you know, you need to find your passion and you need to chase your dreams and you need to build a life and, you know, insert whatever cliche statement that we see on, you know, romantic comedies and Time Magazine articles and things like that. The truth of the matter is, is that you don't really find it. It kind of just surprises you, you know? And I'm pretty sure anybody that has found what they're passionate about and works towards that can attest to that. It's not something that you, you make a plan for and you create goals and you pursue it and it happens. It's more of you just kind of live life like one day at a time. And do what you feel is best, but eventually, you kind of you kind of make your big break, you know. A lot of actors talk about that, working really hard to try to get into acting, and you do a bunch of like crappy roles and go back and forth between things that don't really make that much of a difference. And then that that one thing that puts you on the map—that's what makes all the difference. 
it's the same thing when you're trying to you know pursue your happiness you just keep going from like one remedial thing to the next and eventually something just stands out and really grabs you and then and then pushes you forward and i think if we just sort of get out of our own way and let nature kind of take its course and let fate or destiny or god or whatever just sort of push you in the right direction without trying to get in the way by like over organizing it i think again it just kind of finds us you know like i love motorcycles i think motorcycles are like the coolest thing known to man number one it feels like flying at least to me it is especially when you know you're standing on the pegs and you just kind of put your hands out to your side all like eagle style like the guy on titanic and like i'm the king of the world just kidding. I've never done that. That's unsafe. Doesn't have the hands on the handlebars, and I'm a responsible citizen. So, if I were to ever do that, I would imagine it would feel like flying. And, uh, I... Motorcycles are never on my radar. Like I said, my whole thing growing up, I was, I was all about, like, you know, piloting and military and stuff like that. So, when I was 17? When I was 17 or 18, um... You know, I was just hanging out with my brother Matt one day, and he was like, hey, you should get your motorcycle endorsement. He had bought a motorcycle for uh, high school and good, like, A to B sort of transportation kind of thing. And so when he told me to get a motorcycle endorsement, I thought it was just so I, I could ride his motorcycle and see how cool it is, which it was, and I did. But I did not plan for the kind of, like, grip that motorcycles would suddenly have on me and the rest of my life. And so, you know, basically just kind of let Matt do all the legwork and <laughs> he, he like showed me how to do the test. He taught me how to do the riding maze thing that they do here in Utah. And yeah, we actually, I, I actually got my endorsement which is something that I never thought I would do. It was nothing that I, like, really cared about or anything. And so I started riding this motorcycle, and, dude, I was hooked. I, I took that motorcycle everywhere. I mean, up the canyons to work, to friends, to family. I mean, just anywhere and everywhere that bike would go, I would take it. And it was just a whole nother experience. And it's kind of cool because, again, it just came out of nowhere. You know, now I've got my own bike that I work on myself. I literally have the mechanics tech manual that they use for when they fix bikes. So I can literally tear it down to the ground and back up again, which, you know, I don't want to do because that takes a lot of time. But the point of the story is that dude, I love motorcycles and it came out of nowhere. And that's something that like I can share with other people in the world. And I think that kind of makes me a better person. Just because I have, like, a piece of me that I can give to the world. And I know I'm not the only one. I know everybody has something, has a part of them that they can give to the world, that they can give to somebody else, that make the world just a little bit better, you know? Because that's really what we're trying to do here. The whole point of this story, this point of this podcast, is to try to make the world a little bit better for everybody that's out there, you know? And, I mean, you got to be patient with me. The whole thing is supposed to be a comedy, and we're building up to that. So, you know, it's taking some time. 
I've got to get through my, you know, awkward comedy puberty phase before I can actually get to full maturity where I can actually feel confident enough to go to shows and make money and things like that. But at least you guys got to be here for the journey. So that's exciting. But at this point in time, okay, so to end off in the last little bit that we have here, I'm going to read off this, uh, I don't know if it's a poem or a post or something that I found from uh, this guy named Cody Brett, and I don't know, I think it's really interesting, so I'm just going to read it and we'll see how it goes. It's a very strange feeling how someone can be in your life for months or even years and then one day all of a sudden not be there anymore. Maybe the relationship ended on good terms. Or maybe it was completely catastrophic. Either way, it's so bizarre how relationships can change so vast and rapidly. And you know what? You may not be at peace with what happened between the two of you, and that's perfectly fine. Sometimes the end of a relationship can literally be one of the hardest things we go through in life. I want you to know it's okay that your heart still hurts because of what happened. You've made a lot of memories with this person. And these memories that you have made is something you can't erase no matter how hard you try. Whether you like it or not, they're part of your story. I know looking on these memories can be hard, and you may wish you could forget them. But instead of forgetting, maybe we should try to focus on what came from the relationship. You two joined paths for a particular reason. Maybe you walked through some of the hardest times together. Maybe you understood each other in a way no one else ever will. Maybe you encouraged one another to be strong or to embrace who you genuinely were as a person. Or maybe your relationship with them opened your eyes to what you truly needed in life. Regardless of what the reasoning was, it's okay to acknowledge that that person meant a lot to you. And it's okay if they still do. It's also okay that, you, that they aren't in your life anymore. What a lot of people don't understand is not every relationship we encounter will last a lifetime. We shouldn't be lingering in the past, questioning why everything happened the way it did. What you need to do is take what you've learned from that relationship and move forward in your life, knowing there are other relationships that will give you exactly what you've always dreamed of and more. I need you to know that you're not going to feel this way forever. You will continue to move forward and you will continue to grow with every day that passes. Take my advice and remember, Sometimes the people you wanted as part of your story are only meant to be a chapter. I know you guys are doing your best, and I appreciate that and all that you do. Thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one.